0: Net global welfare may be negative and declining. By Kyle Fish. Heading. Overview. There's an image here in the text. The total moral value of the world includes humans as well as all other beings of moral significance. As such, a picture of the overall trajectory of net global welfare, that accounts for both human and non-human populations is important context for thinking about the future on any timescale. And about the potential impacts of transformative technologies. There's compelling evidence that life has gotten better for humans recently, but the same can't be said for other animals, especially given the rise of industrial animal agriculture. How do these trends cash out, and what's the overall trajectory? I've used human and farmed animal population data, estimates of welfare ranges across different species, and estimates of the average well being of different species to get a rough sense of recent trends in total global welfare. Importantly, this initial analysis is limited to humans and some of the most abundant farmed animals. It does not consider effects on insects or wild animals, the inclusion of which could plausibly change the top line conclusions. See, for example, here. I focus on the years from 1961 to 2021, as this is the period for which the most reliable data exists, and the period most relevant to understanding the current trajectory. My tentative conclusion is that net global welfare may be both negative and declining. That is, the entire good of humanity may be outweighed by the cumulative suffering of farmed animals, with total animal suffering growing faster than human well-being is increasing, especially in recent decades. Below I lay out some of the many assumptions upon which this work depends, the core of my analysis, and some tentative reflections on how these findings shape my thinking about the future. Heading. Notes and Assumptions. Here's a list of bullet points. This analysis was performed as a quicker rough estimate and should not be mistaken for a comprehensive treatment of the topic. I am highly uncertain about both the quantitative findings and my interpretations. I opted for using point estimates rather than confidence intervals for the sake of simplicity. My confidence intervals would be wide if they were included. That said, I've aimed to make my estimates such that they fall at or below the median of my best guess distributions, that is for the parts of the analysis that relied on my own judgment calls, I think it's more likely than not that I've underestimated animal suffering relative to humans, rather than overestimated. I've limited the scope of this analysis to humans and farmed animals, in part due to data availability, in part for simplicity, and in part to focus on humanity's most direct impact on other beings. Inclusion of wild animals in this analysis could plausibly change the signs of my conclusions. This work draws heavily on the moral weight project from Rethink Priorities and relies on the same assumptions. Utilitarianism, hedonism, valence symmetry, unitarianism, use of proxies for hedonic potential, and more. Although I think the Rethink Priorities welfare range estimates are currently the best tool available for interspecies welfare comparisons. I do not necessarily endorse these assumptions in full, nor do I think the Rethink Priorities Welfare Ranges are the, correct, weights, only the best available. I consider the following entries in the Moral Weight Project sequence to be particularly useful background reading. An Introduction to the Moral Weight Project. Rethink Priorities Welfare Range Estimates. Don't balk at animal-friendly results. That's the end of the list. Heading. Analysis. Subheading. Background and definitions. The central concept of my analysis is that the total welfare of a given species in a given year can be calculated as follows Welfare capacity equals population asterisk welfare range. Total welfare equals welfare capacity asterisk welfare percentile. The terms of these equations are defined as population, number of individuals alive at any time for each year. Welfare range. The difference between the best and worst welfare states an individual of a given species can realize, on a scale from 0 to 1, with 1 being the welfare range of humans. Welfare Capacity The total amount of welfare that all members of a species could collectively realize in a given year. Note This value is distinct from an individual's capacity for welfare as described by Rethink Priorities, which is calculated as the individual's welfare range multiplied by their lifespan. Welfare percentile. The average position of animals of a given species within their respective welfare ranges, on a scale from minus one to one, with minus one being the worst welfare state an individual of that species could experience, and one being the best. Subheading. Populations. I used data from the Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations to compile population information for many of the most commonly farmed animal species, and used human population numbers from here. Data on the numbers of individual animals were available for terrestrial animals, but data for fishes and shrimp are only reported as gross weights, which I used to estimate the numbers of individuals at a given time using strategies adapted from fishcount.org.uk, and rethink priorities, respectively. There's an image here in the text. Shrimp, fish, and chickens presently dominate by total population. However, this is a relatively recent phenomenon. In 1961, humans outnumbered all animals except for chickens, and even chickens only outnumbered humans by less than a billion individuals. Now, as of 2021, there are greater than 4x as many farmed chickens as humans, and more than an order of magnitude more farmed fish and shrimp. Subheading. Welfare capacities. Next. I multiplied annual population numbers by the estimated welfare ranges of each species to get the total capacity for welfare of each species over time. For species for which welfare range estimates have not been rigorously generated, I made conservative estimates based on the ranges of other species. In addition to the annual welfare capacities for each individual species, I also calculated the total welfare capacity of all non human animals. There's an image here in the text. Sixty years ago the welfare capacity of humans may have been greater than the total welfare capacity of non-human farmed animals, but this has changed dramatically, with farmed animals now plausibly having greater than 2x the welfare capacity of all humanity. Perhaps most strikingly, the annual welfare capacity of farmed chickens alone may have risen above that of humans. In industrializing and expanding animal agriculture, humanity may have brought populations into existence whose moral significance now outweighs our own. See the table below for the welfare ranges used in this section, and the welfare percentiles used in the following. There's a table here in the text. Subheading. Total welfare. For estimates of the welfare percentiles for farmed animals, I relied heavily on charity entrepreneurship's weighted animal welfare index, and assumed that average welfare for each non-human species was static over the relevant time period. This assumption is almost certainly incorrect as the transition to factory farming has occurred at least in part during the relevant time period, and the rapid population growth for chickens, fishes, and shrimp in particular has come with increased densities and efficiencies which have probably reduced average welfare. However, I've stuck with static estimates because 1, there is hardly any data available from which to easily estimate these trends, and 2, trends toward lower average welfare would intensify, rather than weaken, the observed trends in total net welfare making this a conservative assumption and 3 the changes in population and therefore in welfare capacity for the key non-human species are so great that they dominate the total welfare equation for humans i assumed that welfare improved from 0.4 to 0.6 between 1961 and 2021 based on a rough synthesis of information from our world in data previously compiled here and using charity entrepreneurships weighted animal welfare index for relevant anchors There's an image here in the text. Based on this analysis, the suffering of farmed animals is sufficiently intense, and their populations have grown sufficiently large, that the scale of their suffering may outweigh all of humanity's progress. In other words, if humans and farmed animals are considered together, total global welfare may be declining at increasing speed, and could already be well below zero. Interestingly, this analysis suggests that net welfare across all species was positive and relatively stable for the first. Roughly 20 years of this period before it dipped below zero and started dropping at an increasing rate. However, I don't see the concerning trajectory as purely a recent phenomenon or an aberration. The underlying trends and driving forces likely extend back much further than these graphs to the start of industrialization, which has been a key driver of both the significant welfare improvements for humanity of the past few hundred years and the development and subsequent explosion of intensive animal agriculture. It's only recently that we're starting to see the full moral costs. Heading Tentative Reflections Danger of Lock-In. This analysis makes our current trajectory look really, really bad. Humanity may have set systems in motion that put the total welfare of the world on a steep downward trajectory. If true, lock-in, of the current state, but even more so of the current trend, may be a moral catastrophe. This conclusion is in contrast to analyses that suggest extrapolation and acceleration of recent progress would likely be morally positive on the basis of humanity's trajectory alone. Importance of higher order effects. Humanity did not set out to create hell on earth for other animals, only to improve ourselves. We have, however, prioritized our own progress and well being with little consideration for the downstream effects, and in doing so, may have inadvertently undermined every bit of the good we've achieved. To me, this is a strong argument for including higher-order effects in analyses of different priorities and paths to impact, even effects that stretch across conventional cause areas, for example modeling the animal welfare impacts of human health and global development interventions. Notably, this also suggests not taking the conclusions of this work at face value, and prioritizing the development of more rigorous models of net welfare trends that include wild animals and other higher-order effects. Implications of our track record A central motivation for pursuing this analysis was to understand the backdrop onto which humanity might soon bring sentient digital beings into existence. What will the welfare capacity and total welfare graphs look like over time if or when we develop digital systems with morally relevant experiences? Our recent record suggests the default path is not a good one. This track record is also concerning through another lens. If powerful digital systems are learning from an adopting humanity's example of neglecting the well-being of others in pursuit of, our own gain, we should be very worried. Frighteningly, such systems may appear, and even be, wholly aligned to human values. Heading. Future Directions. Nearly every aspect of this analysis would benefit from more rigorous research and investigation. Below is an incomplete list of things I'd be excited to see progress on. Here's a list of bullet points. More rigorous quantitative analysis of the welfare of different animal species, including trends over time. See for example welfare footprint for early work in this direction. Refinement and expansion of rethink priorities welfare range estimates. Extrapolation of total welfare trends. Incorporating projected slowing of human population growth and potential plateaus in animal product consumption modeling the impact of potential human and or animal-focused interventions on this overall welfare trend. Exploration of differential interventions aimed at improving total welfare and reversing these trends, rather than focusing locally on human on non-human, for example farmed animal, welfare. A probabilistic version of this same analysis. A version of this modeling that accounts for effects on wild animal populations. That's the end of the list. Heading. Acknowledgements. Many thanks to Louis Bollard, Sophia Davis-Fogel, Ryan Duncombe, Bob Fisher, Casey Fish, Jason Shoecraft, and others for helpful discussions and or feedback on drafts of this post. Note. Those acknowledged do not necessarily endorse the conclusions herein. This article was narrated by Type 3 Audio for the Effective Altruism Forum. It was first published on September 26, 2023.